Hi there, you're listening to the Cary Church Podcast. We at Cary seek to be flourishing communities of hope, transformed by God's love, following Jesus and serving in God's world. To find out more on how to connect with us, go to cary.asn.au. great to have uh, have you here with us this morning to celebrate our fifth birthday. It's great to have uh, Dave, our Director of Ministries here, and his wife, Vaughn. Um, Dave constantly reminds me um, that uh, Harrisdale, Kerry Harrisdale, was actually launched on um, Pentecost Sunday, and so they're significantly more spiritual than us at Forestdale because we were launched on Valentine's Day. But we're all about love for you, Dave. Hope you feel loved this morning, brother. Hey, um, I just can't believe that we're here celebrating five years today. I I just can't. Um, Heather mentioned that we both sort of had a few tears when we were watching the the video. Well, this morning, I had a cry while I was doing the ironing. And it's not because I hate ironing. It's because as I was ironing, I just had this moment where I was just uh, reflecting back on the last five years and I just felt overcome with thankfulness, over, overcome with how incredibly good God has been on this journey, overcome with thankfulness for each of you and for the people that I've been able to do the journey on together, uh, the fact that we've been able to do this as community. So overwhelmed with thankfulness today, more than anything, Heather came tr- and tried to, uh, she asked me a question while I was ironing and I, she must have thought I was ignoring her. I just couldn't talk. And when I did, I just burst out crying like a baby and hugged her. And God's good. God is so incredibly good. So it's great to be here today. It's great to be celebrating. I was thinking back about our first meeting. It was out on the lawn here and uh, we had a big marquee. And I was thinking back about what I spoke about that day. And I spoke about Red Sea moments and the idea that as a, as a community at Kerry, we've experienced so many Red Sea moments. So what's a Red Sea moment? So a Red Sea moment is um, the Israelites are standing in front of the Red Sea and there's no way forward and there's, there's Egyptians behind them wanting to kill them and they've got nowhere to go. And in that moment, Moses just lifted up his staff and the waters parted. And as I reflected on during my first uh, sermon on our launch day, Um, I reflected on the fact that God has consistently given us as a community so many Red Sea moments, moments where we've come up against things that just seem impossible and impassable and he has made a way where we thought there wasn't a way and we just stand and we hold our ground and the waters open. And um, I was just reflecting on that this morning and thinking, wow, God is so good, the way he's consistently met us in those moments. We've also experienced over the last five years moments when it feels like we're kind of like the Israelites but wandering around in the desert kind of moments. But God has been with us in those moments as well. He's been there sustaining us and encouraging us and leading us in every season that we have experienced thus far. And I have absolute confidence that he'll continue to do so over the coming five years. We've got a panel that are going to come up and share in a few moments um, and they're going to share some of their stories, some of their scary stories um, and I hope you're encouraged in that. I just want to share for about five minutes though, um, just a really brief reflection on a prayer that Jesus prayed in John chapter 17. It's an amazing prayer and I just wanted to share it with you because as a church and as the church more broadly, this is just a tremendous encouragement. It's from John 17 verses 20 to 23 and this is Jesus's prayer he's prayed for himself and he's just prayed for his and then his disciples and then he says this my prayer is not for them alone that is his disciples that he's just prayed for I pray also for those who will believe in me through their message that all of them may be one father just as you are in me and I am in you may they also be in us so that the world may believe that you have sent me I have given them the glory that you gave me, that they may be one as we are one. I in them and you in me, so that they may be brought to complete unity. Then the world will know that you sent me and have loved them, even as you have loved me. So Jesus is here praying for each and every person that will ever believe. So Jesus prayed for you 
he prayed for me. This is a tremendous encouragement. Everybody that who, who has ever believed through all of time, Jesus prayed for us in this moment. In verse 21, he prays for all believers that we would be one, that the Father would unite his universal church. The universal church being the global church without denomination, without boundaries, um, without division. The global church that started with the apostles and the church that is now and the church is yet to come. That's the universal church. And Jesus prayed that together we would, we would come together, that we, we would bound together and that we would be one. And he talks about us being one just as the Father is in Jesus and Jesus is in the Father. That's the kind of oneness that Jesus prays for. Now, Jesus and his Father, they share this incredible, incredible relationship, an intimate relationship. It's a closer than close kind of relationship that Jesus and his Father enjoy. And Jesus prays that the relationship that we share with one another would in some way resemble that relationship that he has with his Father. It's an incredible thing to, to think that we, as God's kids, as God's people, can enjoy that kind of closer-than-close relationship with one another. Jesus also prayed that we would be in him and in the Father. The picture here is one of us abiding in Jesus. It's one of us abiding in the Father. And as we together abide in Jesus and abide in the Father, we're brought into this even closer union with one another. We're brought into this closer union as brothers and sisters in Christ. A couple of chapters earlier in John's Gospel, Jesus used an analogy of a grapevine. And that, that was another way of describing close union. A grapevine is just intimately connected. All of its parts are intimately connected. The branches live in union with the vine and the branches are united to one another because they're all a part of the same vine. And the life that God provides right from the roots up through the, the trunk, I don't know what you call the main part of a, of a grapevine, into the branches and into the leaves and, and into the grapes. God gives life to the whole and holds together the whole thing. That's a wonderful picture of the church and the unity that we have in Christ. As we think back on this past year, I've spoken to a lot of, lot of pastors and, and, and read lots of different blogs from different pastors around the world and just watching the news. And it's been a difficult year for the church all over the world as people have become increasingly isolated and kind of hunkered down at home. Churches have felt a little bit disconnected and perhaps some have become even a little bit fragmented. But Jesus' prayer here, Jesus' prayer offers such an incredible encouragement to us all. And it's a powerful reminder of the depth of relationship that we have, not just with God the Father and God the Son, but also with one another. We share relationship that is intimate, that's deep, that's life-giving, that's enduring and closer than close. The final part of this prayer that I just want to um, briefly highlight is in verse 21. And um, his prayer is, Jesus' prayer, prayer is that the world may believe. He prays that the world may believe. So the prayer that Jesus prays here is missional. It's outward facing. It's outward looking. He has a deep desire for this world that he came and died for to say yes to him. And he wants, he wants us to be a reflection, a reflection of his love. And, and, and it talks about as people see us, as they see the unity that we have in Christ, they'll kind of just be attracted to that like a magnet. And they'll just say, I want to be a part of that. How do I say yes to Jesus? As we love one another, as we abide in Christ, as we abide in the Father, as we have that unity together, as we have that closer than closer, the closer than close relationship with one another. We're like a living testimony of God's love and of God's action in the world. At Kerry, that's why we exist. That's why we exist as a church. We are a missional community. We're a church that longs to see people saying yes to Jesus. We're a church that wants to display God's heart of compassion 
for the world. We're a church that wants to love people in our community well. We are a missional community. That's why as I read this passage, it resonated so beautifully with where we're at. Jesus' prayer reminds us that the church has just this incredibly unique place in God's plan. We're not just a group of like-minded people who have similar values, who just happen to have nothing better to do on a Sunday morning than, than to come and sit here. We're invited to participate in deep and intimate relationship with the living God himself. To participate in deep and intimate relationship with one another in community that is rich, that is life-giving. And that's called his church. That's called Jesus' church. Something that comes through um, in this prayer is that we're a part of something bigger. Because keep in mind, Jesus prays for all believers through all time. Everybody that's ever said yes to Jesus, this prayer is for them. So we're part of something so much bigger. As we watched the birthday video earlier, it's a great reminder, as Heather said, that we are part of something bigger. We're part of a story that God has been writing at Kerry over the last 26 years. But we're actually part of something so much bigger again, something even bigger again. We're a part of what God has been doing in his world for the last 2,000 years because we stand with all of those believers that Jesus prayed for in this prayer. As we celebrate our fifth birthday, I just wanted to bring us back to something that's a really key truth, an encouraging key truth, something that's foundational to who we are and just just remind us of this amazing picture that Jesus paints of his church because Jesus has this huge and expansion vision for his church and here at Forestdale, we get to be a part of that. We get to participate in Jesus' vision for his church. Let's pray together. Jesus, we thank you that You prayed this amazing prayer for us. Thank you for your church, for the depth of relationship that we can have with one another, with you, with our Father. We thank you that you've brought us together into this community and we pray that we would continue to radiate your love into this world. And we ask that many, many people would come to believe through the witness that we are for you here in this community at Forestdale. Amen. That's got to be the world's shortest sermon, right? People are thinking, why can't we have talks like that every week? Hey, I'd love to invite our panellists to come up now. I'm just going to shuffle some chairs around. Um, But if you guys could come up, that would be awesome. You can have this chair, Mrs. Hunt. Are we about one and a half metres apart? Nigel's got his own microphone. We got one each. There you go. Hey, I just thought um, it'd be great. I, I, um, I was reading... Sorry, I can't see you guys. I'll just move this. I was reading um, the scriptures a a few weeks ago and um, I read in Psalms, I read in 1 Samuel and I read in the Gospel of John, just a short reading in each one. And I don't think it was a coincidence that in each one of those readings, um, they they spoke about God's faithfulness in in their past. Most of them made reference to the Exodus because that was such a defining thing for the Israelites. So I just thought, hey, it'd be great to share stories because people's stories inspire faith for generations to come. Um, hearing stories of God's goodness and his faithfulness. And each one of these guys have, have stories to share. So I'm going to um, stop talking and just ask you guys if you could maybe just briefly introduce yourself and tell us briefly how you came to be a part of Kerry. In no particular order, Susie. Susie's looking All a right. bit... I'll go first. <laughs> Um, I'm Susie Hunt, married to the amazing Nigel Hunt down the back. And um, how we came to Kerry, um, we're happily settled. Well, I've actually been at Kerry. I've worked out more than half my life. So that's a long time. That's a long time. <laughs> um, 
And Nigel and I were very happily settled at Mount Pleasant. I'd grown up in Mandra, come up from Mandra. Wow, this was a happening church and it was all great. And um, Mounties began to talk about uh, planting a church out in Canningvale. Nigel was super excited, wanted to go. I'm thinking, no, I don't want to do that. Um, and anyway, Graham Mabry was speaking one day and he asked us or he challenged us to ask God if there was anything that he was calling us to. And so I thought, okay, um, I'll do that. And God, is there anything that you're calling me to? And boom, the words came, Susie, I'm calling you to carry. And it was like, well, better do it then. <laughs> um, best, best, best decision ever. It's been the absolute best years of our life. So good. So, so you've been around since the start. So, yes. Such an exciting journey. Yes. How about you guys? You want to introduce yourself? And uh, I'm Nigel, uh, Nigel Wise, and I first heard, heard about um, and my amazing partner's uh, wife is over there, Lara. So just to follow <laughs> Susie's suit, um, the first time I ever heard of Kerry, I was working at Queens Baptist College, and our kindy teacher said to the staff one day that she was leaving to be foundation because she went to Mounties. And she was leaving the school to go and start this, our school, to start this other school in the middle of nowhere. It sounded like the middle of nowhere. And I thought, why would you do that? And um, so she did. She became part of the foundation staff there and, and taught there for a little while. So that was the first I had heard of Kerry. And uh, first joined, so our kids joined Kerry 12 years ago. Am I about right? 11, 11, 12 years ago. No, no, 11 or 12 years a ago. A long time ago, no. A long time ago. <laughs> and so uh, dropping off and picking up was pretty much my contact with, with uh, Kerry back then and, and the occasional parent-teacher meeting. And, and, and then became part of praying for Forestdale probably eight years ago, eight-ish years ago, and then came on staff at Harrisdale originally, seven years ago, and then over here um, when we started here. So foundation principle. I, sh I remember, Nigel, um, I was the chair of the College Governors Council, and uh, I remember you, we were, you were talking about, we were talking about you potentially coming on as a principal, and I remember us meeting in... Um, Maccas in Canningvale to have a, you know, this this uh, conversation. Yeah, uh, um, so that was the first time I think I'd uh, really had a good conversation with you and uh, Nigel's got an incredible story. He's not going to get an opportunity to share it all today, but he has an incredible story to tell Nigel. Ellis, how would you like to go? Don't forget to mention your um, lovely wife. Yeah, my, uh, my awesome partner is not in the room, so I could get away without doing that, but she's um, looking after our kids and a few other kids in creche today. That's uh, Sabrina. So my journey with Kerry started in 1998 when actually Kerry Harrisdale was Forestdale at the time. So I like to think of it as the OG. Um, and in th that way, uh, so I was in the foundation group of year eight students, um, first lot of, I think it was about, my memory says 72 students, uh, one building, lots of black dirt, um, lots of trees, remains of the block were pretty much a rubbish tip, which was great fun to explore during lunch times, caused no issue uh, yeah, a lot of issues uh, for <laughs> for the staff there's a number of rules that I can point to that say yep that was our group because of that um, that came through uh, and essentially my journey with Kerry has been sort of um, going through the school I'd grown up in a house where um, my mum was a, a Christian and had gone to a, a small Baptist church in Yanjabup um, and that's sort of where I'd, I'd grown up and gone through my dad was a strident atheist didn't go too well um, is the, the short summary of that one. But uh, sort of through, uh, through those high school years at Kerry, I'd sort of developed my own faith um, and come through that. And about year 12, I sort of got this sense of God sort of saying, oh, you know, you should uh, consider, we would call it youth ministry. I don't think that was exactly the, the word that came with at the time. And I sort of went, well, there's all the youth at the church that I'm at, I grew up with. <laughs> 
So it's kind of a, a little bit odd, but maybe there's some opportunity there at Kerry. Um, so I started coming to the church and my journey has just been one of, I thought I was coming to give and I've received way, 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 way more um, than I've given out. Um, so we've been associated now uh, for yeah, probably over half the life as well. Um, uh, we, oh, sorry, I joined yeah, the church after year 12, um, been involved in various things, stepped out for a time to go into sort of another church setting, then went off to Singapore for a few years. We, when we came back in um, April 2016, um, we sort of were praying and went, Lord, just putting it flat out there, wherever you want us to go. Um, and we went to Harrisdale, we came to Forestdale. I think the church was maybe a few months old at that stage. Um, and we just sort of have slipped into it ever since. Um, here we are. So we have a founding member of the church. We have um, one of our first students who now incidentally um, has been in the church for a while and he's also on our church board, which is amazing. And we have the founding principal of, of the college. So thanks for, thanks for um, joining me on the panel today, guys. Kerry's a really diverse community. There's so many things that people... Uh, celebrate about Kerry as a community. What, what's one thing that, that you love about this community that, that makes it unique or that makes it sing or what, whatever? What, what is it that, that one thing that, that you would put in that category? Same order. Um, for me, it would be relationship. Um, coming into Kerry, um, oh, we just fell into... I know they would all say they're just ordinary people, broken people, but what was just a spectacular group who have just become the dearest, most treasured friends um, that we've just done so much of life with, the joys, the lows, um, the struggles, kids, parents, just everything. And... Um, that has just been the hugest, hugest blessing, just to have those solid, rich, godly friendships. Um, and that I've found, like, I've also been a staff member in the church and at both schools, and it's across the board there as well. Like, the people that I have met that I work with, work is a joy. Um, I've worked in, sorry to trash it, but the government, and that was just a horrid, just the stuff that goes on amongst people. Um, and then walking into working at Cary, it's like heaven. Um, and like for me, some of you would have heard me say that I can't do Christmas unless I come to church at Cary. Um, a Christmas without coming to church, to be with who I would consider my dearest family, it's just so hard to do the day without it. It's, yeah. So relationship. Yeah. Uh, it's, uh, it, 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 I think um, the richness of that relationship is really brought out in the longevity that you, you hang around. Um, you know, you go through all of those different seasons with people. So how about you guys? What, what, if what if I, can, I can just um, go on that. I think certainly relationship is a large part of it. And part of it, I think, is we have a generous generous culture and we have generous people and generous relationships and what I mean by that is there we seem to have built a culture which is open that we're not sort of here to pull people into the carry orbit and keep them like that or similarly um, the people who I'm involved in they're not sort of they're going putting boundaries around and saying sorry you can't be a part of this um, and I, I think some of that obviously it goes back to the, the nature of the gospel and of Jesus. Um, but it's also been really well modelled by a number of leaders that we've had over the years. Um, so uh, Steve Isaac is the founding pastor. Um, Steve and Kim are dear, dear friends to us and, and I know to many other people around here. Um, to Sabrina and I, they're kind of like our alternative mum and dad and they've just modelled what we want to be when we grow up. <laughs> uh, and that is, you know, people who their house is generally always open um, they have a big table and you can talk about the ups, the downs, um, you know, everything in between. Um, there are a number of people through, throughout Kerry who have experienced amazing healing um, by being a part of this community. Um, it's a place where some people have said it's a great place to heal. Um, 
there are some people for whom they're starting a process in that. And I think generally what's happened is that people have held that really well. We stuff it up sometimes too. We're all broken um, and human. And I can put my hand up and say, yeah, there are times where I could have been a better member of the community. Um, but, you know, that reflects, I think, that God is still working with us or working through us. Um, but, yeah, I guess that generosity of spirit is something that, um, it, it, one way or another, it's kept us in. Yeah, um, I absolutely concur with both of those accounts. I, I was here this morning. Um, we, we had a parent uh, that got here at 6.30 this morning uh, with his excavator, so a big toy. And he's been digging our low ropes course on the oval just outside the, um, this building. And that's really kind of typical of the community that we have of where we can say we need this done, can you come and do it? And, and we, so various people will be doing various jobs over the next few weekends to do with that. Conversation I had with him was really quite poignant. And he was just sort of sharing, he's got two children, two younger children in the school. And he was sharing that he went to a, quite a large independent kind of private, uh, an Ivy uh, League school here in Perth. And he said one experience he related this morning was a teacher making him stand in a class, and I think a secondary class, and the teacher saying to him, you'll never amount to anything. And I thought, and we were saying, look, uh, he, he was then sharing how, how he valued the staff, the teachers at the school, um, in, and the fact that it's a safe place for his children to flourish, a safe place for his children and he, that was really high on his list. He said, look, my, my kids will probably, well, my son, my, particularly my younger son, can already drive the excavator, like he's below five years old. The excavator it is huge, like the tyre was taller than me, so um, I might be slightly exaggerating, but it's a big toy, and his less than five-year-old son can drive that. So he said, look, my, my kids will probably, you know, follow, follow in my footsteps, etc." But it was really important to him this was a safe place and that where his kids could flourish, and that actually what teachers were saying to his children was a reflection of what he says to his children. It says success is not necessarily this, this, and this. Success is quite large, it's quite broad. And it has a lot to do with who you are and, and success can be that you feel positive and good about yourself and you have a go at all things and give it your best. Um, it's interesting that he used the word safe because I think I know what he meant. But this week um, we, uh, we pulled yet another little slithery thing out of our school, a two-foot-long slithery thing that was the most vividly coloured, stripy-coloured, um, slithery thing that, that um, it was actually quite gorgeous in colour. Um, it was in a, in a place that actually it couldn't get out of, but the students had seen it there, surrounded by frogs. So it, that was why it was so fat and, and sleek. Uh, but at some point those frogs were going to run out and it would have been in trouble. <laughs> so we, we, got, um, we got that our little friend out and he's, he's been released uh, elsewhere. Um, Mark and I had an experience with a snake uh, some years ago and, on, and it was exactly how not to deal with a snake. Everything you shouldn't do, in, uh, we did uh, together. And Let's put um, it this way. Nigel is lucky to still be standing because this snake lunged at Nigel and he jumped about this high off the ground. Like it would, if the Toyota ad was filming at that point, it would have been... Sorry, sorry, to, oh, what a sorry to interrupt, yeah. Nigel. Um, so we've done lots of things over the years. Tomorrow, uh, all of our year sevens are going down to camp down in uh, Walpole and just an incredible night walking, climbing mountains, they're kayaking, um, sitting around campfires, sharing, doing reflections and journals and devotional, uh, de devotional stuff. So that's been a real feature, I think, of our school and we've got the fives and the sixes and the eights and nines going on camp later on in the year. So that's been fantastic, it's been a lot of fun and just wonderful opportunities with students. Another thing that really really sort of strikes is, um, sits in my head, not strike, let's take that word out, <laughs> that sits in my head is um, a lot of the work that's been done around the place 
and there's a lot of grass that is there because we put it there. And there's people here that have worked extremely hard in putting grass there um, and rolling it out. And, and we, we pick the hottest day of the year whenever we do something like that. Um, or if we're planting plants, we pick the wettest, roughest day of the year when we do those jobs. Um, but we, we do a lot of those things and we do that as community and it's, it's a lot of fun and it really does build community bonds um, and, and ties. And I think relationship and community would be key things that I would bring up. Oh, that's great. So a, a community that's highly relational, a community that's generous and a place that's safe where people can flourish in community. Um, fantastic. So I, I asked you guys to have a think about a specific story, like is there one story of a person or something you've experienced in Kerry, um, something that, that you want to share that w we could celebrate? Um, did anybody come up with a good story? Yes, no? I've got three. Three? But I'll be, <laughs> I'll be very succinct with each of them. Um, going back to what you said about the Red Sea moments um, and just... I guess, how that has been such a huge part of Kerry. Um, I yeah, seeing God work in all of those situations has just been amazing when there were those major obstacles that there's a mountain that needs to be moved or there's a Red Sea that needs to be parted and only God can do this. And yes, every time he did. And so for me, that... Oh, I think has been foundational in my ability to trust God no matter what and and to believe and have faith that if he has spoken about something that it will happen that we just need to keep obedient uh, keep obedient to praying and just keep moving forward trusting that he will deliver um, so that was number one um, number two stems from that, um, and again, I just wanted to go back to the Red Sea moment. Um, for several years, we were in a very bad financial situation, and it actually got to the point where we were the Israelites at the Red Sea, and we voiced that to each other that, well, here we are, this is the moment that we're either going to be captured by the, the um, Egyptians or our sea will part. And but and it did. Our sea did part. Um, but at the same time, I think just with everything that had been shared with us by people who were aware of what we were going through, the way they were praying for us, um, things all along the way where we were so aware of God's care while we were going through this time... Um, we also knew that, well, if the Egyptians do catch us, we will still be okay because even in our affliction, mm -hmm. God will be with us. And that was an incredible time, I think, of us just really experiencing, um, well, God, but also experiencing our community. And the third thing um, involves two people I was really, really privileged um, to be a chaplain at Harrisdale Primary School for a while. And this is where, like, the examples of seeing God work in other people. And there was a, a lady and her son. She'd had a terrible time in her marriage. I um, hope this doesn't offend anybody, but had escaped from Jehovah Witness and was very, very scarred by that. And just over time, she got to the point where she wanted to actually come and try coming to church because of the love and the care that she was experiencing from staff and just from other people. Um, and she had said that the very first time before she walked in, she sat in the car just trembling because of this fear of stepping into a church building again. But she did, and her life and her son's life was just completely turned around. And I've also had the privilege of being a mum, like just a mum at school. And 
some of you will know, we have three boys and two of them have um, significant difficulties. You know, we've got the ADHD and the autism and the anxiety and the, you know, all the other things that make life difficult and make learning difficult. And one of our boys used to have massive meltdowns. And just one day in his classroom, I saw another mum whose son was doing the same thing. And not big noting myself, but just because I'd been there, could go and just say, look, I know what you're going through. Really happy to talk to you anytime. And this woman is someone who's very self-sufficient and I don't need anybody, I don't need anything. Um, she's a power force. But she got to the point where it was, you know what, I actually think I'd like to come along to church and just check it out. I'm not going to become one of these Jesus people, but I just want to come and check it out. And I look at her today and the things that she sends me, little prayers that she writes me, oh my gosh, she blows me away with her love and devotion to, to God and just the way he has absolutely changed her life. So, yeah, wouldn't want to be anywhere else, Mark. It's <laughs> an amazing story, Suze. Thank you for sharing three stories. And it was succinct, but I'm glad you shared each one. They're great. How about Nigel or Alice? Um, I've got two really, um, hopefully, quick ones as well. Um, but one was... Uh, before we had this building, when this was all sand and there was a little hill and actually the kids loved playing on this hill and were quite upset that the hill's no longer there um, because they felt like they were at the beach and, and, um, and we had a wall going through over there and in the office. And one day we heard some noise, it was about four-ish in the afternoon, we heard some noise outside and we went, uh, I went out and there was a, a family, two children and a parent and uh, none of them had shoes on. I don't think that was because they couldn't afford shoes, but I think it was just too hard to get shoes on um, these children. And uh, out of these three people, all three had AS, was on the spectrum, um, including the parent. Um, absolutely gorgeous family. And I think they had just, through curiosity, wandered past and, and wondered what we were about. And they ended up enrolling in the school and really becoming a strong part of our community and they were really celebrated here, not tolerated, which is really important. And, and we loved having them. And then one of the mentors that we put with them really bond with this young fella, um, with the boy, because he didn't have a dad, um, was, again, that was through the church and through what Jeannie, Jeannie's um, done and um, through Scripture Union. And really connected to the point that these these students are not at our school now. They actually got uh, not a scholarship, but they got um, a place at a, a specialist school that could really support them. And we're hoping that they will come back to us. Um, but has really connected with this with this family, this mentor, and sees them also. And in fact, if anything ever goes wrong with their house, car, or pretty much anything else, the per first person they call is this mentor. And this mentor goes and um, fixes it or, or, or does something to, to help. So it's a beautiful connection that this lady is, um, is not a Christian as, as such, I believe, um, but really senses something that um, is special here. The other thing is we had a photographic competition, photographic and art competition, or not a competition, an exhibition last year, sort of in and out in between some bits of COVID. Um, in here and it was just a wonderful event and it what was great was that every single student everything every single staff member had to take a photograph of what they said it is what is called beauty on display so we had to go and find something on our block it had to be on our block and take a photograph of it and it was really fascinating to see what students from kindy to year eight saw as beauty um, really quite fascinating and so they used I iPads to take the photos so they were one thing that really struck me was the incredible um, quality of the photographs M my photograph would have been right near the bottom in terms of comparing it clearly the exposure all sorts of things 
didn't have a clue, but these, these guys did. In focus, really beautiful, vivid, real close-ups. The titles were fantastic. Um, you know, a student in kindy and also a student in year stick took se uh, eight, sorry, year eight, um, would take a photo of something that was a branch and then we all had to, we had to name our, our picture. Um, so clearly, kindy to year eight, they took a photo quite similar to each other, but they also had the same title and they called it Stick. So we are really about teaching students to be creative um, and to dig deep in, in all things um, education. I'm not sure how to respond, no. There's some deep poetry there <laughs> to so stick. Um, the story I want to share, it's, it's not really my story, but I guess my observation of somebody else's story. Um, and... Mark made a mention of this a few weeks back, um, I think in one of his sermons, about uh, Paul and Becky Oates, who were a part of our Kerry community for a number of years. Paul was the business manager um, for the college, the treasurer, and a number of things. Um, just absolutely wonderful family. They had four kids. Uh, and at the time, this would have been about, I think, early 2012, God sort of started to speak to them. Well, God spoke to them. <laughs> Not he didn't, sort of, he did. Um, speak to them about going to Calcutta uh, in India to work with Freeset, who are involved in getting women out of sexual slavery and into jobs. Um, and I was on staff at the time um, in community relations, and I remember the staff meeting where Paul comes in and goes, so we've got this call from God, we think, to go to India. We don't know the specifics yet. There's a lot of stuff to do, but basically sort of flagging that he was going to be transitioning out. Now, that took a while. Um, there was a number of things that came up and uh, ultimately it went through, but I was just blown away at... And, and this comes back to a little bit of the generosity, that they just sort of held things quite lightly enough. And this, this was a, a couple with four young kids, um, which having two young kids, like, I just, you know, to sort of hear that and sort of... You know, my natural reaction is, eh, God, no. Nah. No, no, not this time. Um, but to sort of hear that and go, that, that has just continued to blow me away, um, having that. And, you know, it, it wasn't just, yes, we'll say yes to God and it'll all be easy and everything will open up. It didn't. It was a hard journey for them. Um, and that just makes me go, wow, God is so much bigger than my circumstance, that he can work um, in ways that we wouldn't, think and understand and all that I have to do is sort of lean into him and to what he's doing and to see that model to see somebody do that um, and actually to see it not all turn into a rosy situation um, has just for me grown my faith tremendously and it's those stories like that that I hear around Kerry and different parts of it um, which just make me go that's amazing because on the outside, you could look at us as a pretty sort of middle-classy kind of church. We, we, you know, speak to a certain people who would come into a private school and, you know, into a wonderful cafe at, at Timber. But within that, we have extraordinary people who um, have amazing stories that we can all learn from. Um, the other, other thing which came to mind, Susie, as, as you were sharing, was um, a couple of months ago when we're part of an online connect group. Um, with Susie and Nige and um, Annie and a few others and we had a dessert night uh, at our place. Um, for us practically with two young kids it's just easier to do it on Zoom. Um, but to get together and to actually just hang out and share stories and you guys have some fantastic stories. It's brilliant. <laughs> Hilarious. Uh, particularly after Nigel's had a couple of wines. Um, <laughs> don't think I'm, I'm sharing anything uh, too secret there. <laughs> but, but it's those kind of things. Uh, it's out there now. Um, but, but that, you know, again, the sharing of stories that we've got with other people to understand the, the good, the bad, the ugly, um, and to work with and to see how God has worked through those stories, it just blows me away. And it just pushes me deeper into my faith. 
um, particularly in those moments where it just seem, sort of seems too hard or the moments where you go, oh, is Christianity really? Really? And you go, actually, no, I've seen God work. I've seen it through, through other people. Um, yeah, and there's a, as I say, the generosity of this place has allowed some of those stories to come out. Thanks, Ellis. Hey, guys, thank you so much for sharing. There's, there are stories of God's faithfulness to be told right throughout our community. Um, and this is just a little snapshot. So I encourage you to catch up with these guys and others. Share stories. Share stories that, of what God's doing in, in, in your life, in your family, because they encourage and inspire faith. And we've heard stories of people's that, the story of the lady who became a Christian and uh, you know, just wonderful stories. But we just have this opportunity to sow God's love into, into people's lives, into, into families in, uh, in ways that so many other churches don't. So, guys, thank you so much for sharing those stories with us. Uh, would you give these guys a, a hand? Um, before we get off the stage, one last little story, sorry. And it goes back to... Um, the very first Forestdale service, and I wish I'd got organised in time, um, but there was a photograph taken that day, and it was a photograph of you and Steve Isette embracing. And that photo just means so much to me. Because um, in that photo, I suppose I almost see like a father and a son, or like the master and the apprentice, um, like Steve passing the mantle onto you, um, you know, in that Carrie had initially been his vision and um, planting further campuses had been his vision. And in that photograph, in those moments, to me it was him passing Forestdale onto you. And that photo makes me very emotional. But I look at you and Heather... And I look at Forestdale and I just honestly believe that your father in heaven would be looking at you and saying, firstly, this is my son with whom I am well pleased, but also well done, good and faithful servant. So, Mark, we know that there have been highs and lows, um, there have been joys and sorrows, there have been times of huge struggle and sacrifice. Thank you. Really, thank you. Susie, I thought I was going to get away this morning without crying. <laughs> I would give you a big hug if we weren't supposed to be socially distancing, but thank you, Susie. That's really encouraging. Um, and it's been an, a real honour and a privilege. Hey, I just want to say a quick thank you to some special people in our church. I want to say thank you to... Um, to Di and to Pete, who's unable to be here this morning because um, he's unwell, and also to Pam, I think, Pam. Um, you guys have just been amazing over these last five years, and I just want to say thank you to you guys. Um, the load that you've carried pastorally, um, especially over this last year, you are people who have your own struggles in life, and yet you so willingly put those aside to serve others. And uh, I just want to thank you guys. I want to honour you guys because um, you are just incredible people. Um, the way you come alongside people and care for them practically. If, if you ask these guys to pray for you, um, you can go away in confidence knowing that they will continue praying and wrestling through things with God until there is an answer. So we just have a little something um, for each of you guys um, Sorry, Smithy couldn't be here this morning, um, but just want to bless you guys. We love you uh, three so much, and I uh, just want to say thank you so much for all that you've contributed to our community. So why don't you put your hands together for these guys. Dave, would you like to come up and just say a few words and just pray for us? Love to, mate. Happy birthday. It is so nice to see people's smiling faces again. It, it really is. Um, and it is, uh, it's just amazing that it's five years. And I wanted to say congratulations and well done. Um, but I also wanted to, to recognise that this story uh, is part of a bigger story. 
See, in, in 2000, 2009, the um, Kerry prayed and thought and reflected and we put together a document called Kerry 2014. And that was a document which set out what we believe like God was calling us to over the next five years. And the next one after that was Kerry 2020. And in Kerry 2014, which was written in 2009, uh, we had, we're grateful for the opportunities our current platform gives us, but we're convinced that God is inviting us to widen our reach. Consequently, we anticipate widening the platform from which we operate. In the foreseeable future, we ourselves, and had three things, but one of them was planting a new campus. We're convinced that we need to reproduce ourselves. We're about to start some serious exploration and discussions and we believe that they will lead to a new campus being birthed with possibly more over time as our present campuses each will be so much more than just the school. And so there was a, there was a story that was started in 2009. We were praying and, and meeting and thinking and discerning and said so this is what we believe God is calling us to. And when we launched 2020 in 2015, Kerry was a sandpit with some construction going on and at that point... Um, you, you know, people didn't know who would be, who would be joining. And so this five-year journey that we're celebrating now started in 2016, which was a story that in turn started in 2009 when God first laid the seeds of it's time to reproduce. And I want to encourage you that you do not know the story that will continue to unfold as God continues to work. Who knows what will be in another five years' time and another ten years' time? Because embedded behind the story of 2009, there is a story back in about 1995 when Mount Pleasant Baptist Church started to dream and pray and felt we feel like it's time to plant and reproduce ourselves and birth a new community. And that started Kerry. And in turn, Kerry has planted Forestdale. And the story that started in 2000 and, uh, 1995 started about 45 years before that when a community of people met and with a plan to start Mount Pleasant Baptist Church. And so your story is embedded in that story, which is embedded in that story, which is embedded in another story. And then if we go back another 2,000 years, we have the story of Jesus. And what I was going to... Um, in the video, I prayed out of Ephesians 3 that God would give you power together with all God's holy people just to understand the incomprehensibility of his love that you are rooted and established in and that his work and power is with you. And I thought, what am, what am I going to share today? And I thought I would, I would share out of John 17, the very passage that Mark uh, spoke from so I, I don't need to do that but I think there is something about the bigness and fullness of God you see John 17 prays about the unity of the followers of Jesus but that unity comes from being immersed and embedded and rooted and established in the enormity and the bigness of God and so the story of this five years is embedded in another story which started in 2009, which is embedded in another story that started in 1995, which is embedded in another story that started 50 years before that, which is embedded in a much, much bigger and richer story that started when Jesus came and established his church. And he is still here. And I want to encourage you that the story of this five years is immersed in something that is so much deeper and bigger, and wider, and more powerful, and more significant, and more mysterious, and more beautiful, and more transformative than we can possibly imagine. And that's why the scriptures often say, I pray that you would have the power of revelation that you would know, because we cannot comprehend it. You are nested in the story of God. And what is here is not our doing, it is his doing. And the beauty that is in this place that has been reflected from the stories is just the picture of God's heart and character and nature through humanity shown through cracked vessels and jars of clay. But you're part of his story. And I wanted to say congratulations and I wanted to say well done and I wanted to say rest into that which you are a part of. Uh, and happy birthday.
So I was going to pray out of John 17 that you would be rooted and established, that you would be one because you were one in him and you would be nestled in that. But I'm going to do something else. I'm actually going to ask Mark and Heather to come out. Five years, you go to kindy when you're five years old and uh, it's, a big, it's a big change. And these guys have been serving and labouring and ministering for five years in this place and for so many of me before that. And it's been a whole lot harder than they would have anticipated and a whole lot richer and a whole lot deeper. I've always said that Kerry has always been the hardest thing I have ever done apart from being trying to be a good dad and a good husband. But I wouldn't be without a day of it. And I know from having the journey, done the journey with Mark and Heather that it has been harder and more challenging and more costly than they could have comprehended. But I know that they would not want to be anywhere else and they would not want to have missed out on the journey. So I just wanted to, after doing five years, I wanted to pray for them again and specifically, I want to pray that God would anoint them with a capacity for revelation just to understand the depth and breadth of the God in whom they are nestled and held and empowered by. Because I want them to feed you out of that vision and out of that essence and out of that size of that story as you're all together embedded in that. So can we pray for them together? Can I ask you to stand? And as we pray, Vonnie, can you join with these guys? As, as we pray, can I ask you to, to agree and hold that? And I'm not just praying for them, I'm praying for you all. Because I think that prayer for John 17 is what God has on his heart for you all. Let's pray. Father... Lord, I thank you for the intimate privilege of life with you and with one another. Lord, I thank you for the incomparable mystery of the journey of following you. Lord, I thank you for the transformation of hearts and lives that occurs just because we choose to follow you. Lord, I thank you for these last five years. I thank you for all that Mark and Heather have sown in and poured in and cried in and wrestled in. But Lord, on this anniversary of a start that in itself was huge, Lord, I pray that you would afresh anoint them by the power of your Holy Spirit. That they would with all the saints, but in special method, be able to comprehend and articulate and rejoice and praise and give thanks and live out of the revelation of your glory and your love and your mystery and your majesty and the love that surpasses comprehension. Father, I pray that you would open their mind and their heart with revelation and understanding and intimacy. And Lord, that that which flows out of that would season how they speak and how they live and how they love. And Lord, that you would by that shape this community. Lord, I thank you that Forestdale is uniquely carry, but it is also uniquely different. And you are shaping your own thing here as you've done at Forest Harrisdale. Lord, we give you all honour and praise and glory for all that is and all that will be. It is you and by you and in you and through you. And Lord, we thank you that Mark and Heather are not alone. They are in community and they are in you and with you. And you have called them and you continue to call them and you are faithful. 
So, Lord, we pray for what is required now that you would anoint them afresh and deeply and powerfully and that you would continue to remind them that you have given them everything that they need. Lord, we love them. We bless them and we thank you for them. And their community said, Amen.